podcast world. How is everybody doing out there? Chad Belding back at you with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. And boy, do uh, I'm humbled for this one. I'm excited for this one. It's uh, it's one of those things where you uh, you 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 never know how it's going to be when you talk to or meet the people that you grew up being fascinated with. And we have uh, a man on here today that I personally did that through. And then I have a buddy on here that is, is, is kind of the, um, the glue that is putting this together. Today we are joined by Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top and Tim Montana, who you guys have seen all over the Traeger, all over the social media, Charlie Sheen, his video for Mostly Stone. Tim's got it going on in the songwriting world from Montana, but lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Mr. Billy, Tim, how are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I can uh, probably vouch for Tim. We've been uh, uh, having long distance rock and roll exchanges. Uh, <laughs> that's about as close as we've been able to get, as as everybody knows. Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world out there right now, but we're able to conduct business via FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we've... Uh, We've kept the wheels turning from quarantine, so. Yeah, I think it's about the same for everybody. And Mr. Billy, I uh, I got to tell you a couple things. I um, I haven't fell into the Tiger King trap. I'm still stuck on the uh, the little old band from Texas, the ZZ Top documentary, and I don't know why that took so long to get out. I don't know the story behind it, but it was very well done, and I'm sure you were happy with it, right? Oh, yeah. Net, Netflix is uh, kind of flipping out. Uh, we've been uh, battling for uh, the first place. Uh, Tiger King's been going. ZZ Top it comes around. Then Tiger King comes back. Uh, the good news is I think we're all just as weird. Or Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Billy Gibbons, um, is it true, in your opinion, that absolutely the best barbecue known to mankind is from the state that you hail from in Texas? I think the discussion is a good place as any to start because uh, whether it be sweet sauce, black sauce, white sauce, uh, it could be ribs, pulled pork, sausages, even mutton. Uh, if there's anything more multifarious than the variety of barbecue one can uh, consume, it's probably the number of places claiming to be the barbecue capital of the world. Um it's perhaps uh, more than any other cuisine. Uh, I think barbecue is uh, hotly debated around many parts of the country. And uh, we, Tim and I have put, actually put together a list of uh, some favorite locations we've hit up as we've zigzagged across the country looking for that next plate. And uh, Tim, if, um, if you don't mind, um, I'll start it off with uh, a spot that you and I recently hit during a, uh, a uh, we called it the cross-country collision. We kept, Tim and I kept bumping into each other in various cities. The last being, uh, he was out, of, out flying out of Nashville. I was flying out of Palm Springs, California. We wound up in Kansas City. And as a lot of folks, uh, if you follow barbecue, you know it's, it's uh, sacred sauce maybe Lockhart, Texas, they subscribe to a no-sauce rule. They're emphasizing uh, well-seasoned and well-cooked meat above all else. And uh, Tim and I agree on that point. However, we, we did manage to uh, tiptoe in and have some pretty good cue in Kansas City. 
Kansas City, huh, Tim, Montana? Because I know that uh, Tim had mentioned to me about a place in St. Louis, Missouri, that I went and they treated me like royalty there called Pappy's. And Tim, oh, yeah. I think I think Pappy's is some of the best barbecue I've ever eaten. But is there somewhere in, in Kansas City that's comparable? Tim, I think uh, you, I think you went to Pappy's. Yeah, Pappy's in St. Louis. That's one of my staples. Uh, we started going through there when uh, 2013, actually, with the, the beard song. And the owner has a big beard, came up, introduced himself, and they've been feeding the band ever since. They're like, pull the bus in, they'll run out food, and the ribs, I think, are second to none, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I think uh, Pappy's has just got it going on with with their whole menu. But where is it? Is it Kansas City is so famous for barbecue? I've had Arthur Bryant's. I've uh, my favorite place in Kansas City is probably the Char Bar. Have you ever eaten there, Tim or Billy? I think I have. I think Chad Ward took me there. Yeah, it's Chad Ward's. Chad, well, me, me, you probably went to Thirty Nine with Chad Ward. That's his place. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, yep. the yep. white beans. Yep. Yeah, well, Kansas City, Missouri now, they brag about having uh, more than 100 barbecue joints. And uh, again, they, they, if, if, you, if you bump into a local, they're all going to tell you it's the barbecue capital of the world. And there's no doubt that Kansas City-style barbecue, it's, it's actually a technique from the early 20th century that uh, involves slow cooking meat and then they follow it with that uh, kind of interesting tomato and molasses based sauce um, and that remains one of the most distinctive uh, types of barbecue around uh, there was another place that uh, tim and i you were talking about gates barbecue which started in kansas city they got about six or seven locations around the, the midwest and again they uh, gates uh, Gates is famous for their sauce, which is kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. I've heard of Gates. I think, I think, um, uh, several of my friends in the Kansas city area turned me on to Gates a while back and it, it is very good. Um, have you, have you guys, ha- have you guys ever been to, uh, I know you've been to Austin, but have you eaten Franklin's in Austin, Texas, Mr. Billy? Oh yeah. In fact, we ought to wait until, uh, we cover other parts of the country. Uh, I think when once we get to Texas, that's when it's going to get pretty pretty fierce. Um, we could go, well from Kansas City. We could go to the far far. Let's go all the way over to North Carolina. Okay. And believe it or not, there's a small town, Lexington, North Carolina. There's only about twenty thousand people in in town, but uh, that's where North Carolina, uh, the Carolinians, they really get fierce, calling. Lexington, the barbecue capital of North Carolina, um, they they've been, they've got an annual barbecue festival down there. But uh, uh, Lexington barbecue, the locals refer to it as uh, Honey Monk, <laughs> uh, which is you know it's a wood cooked barbecue, and um, I don't know some of these spots have been I've been they've been go- blowing and going for you know well over fifty years. But that's North Carolina. And uh, if you were to go south down to Columbia, further south, uh, that's another one of the top barbecue spots. And they are unique with their, that's where it changes. They've got that mustard-based flavor. Uh, 
In fact, this, that stretch of South Carolina, a lot of folks refer it as to the mustard belt. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. And that's and that's totally unique for that region, right, Mr. Billy, to where like you, you have your Kansas City, your St. Louis, your Memphis is not anything to do with mustard and barbecue. And then all of a sudden you get to South Carolina and that's where it is? Yeah, oh yeah. In fact, uh, um, Tim was hanging out with one of our hot rod buddies, uh, Jimmy Shine from Jimmy Shine Speed Shop over in Orange, California. And uh, Tim, I made a note the last time you guys actually stopped through there, uh, there was a place called Sheely's, Sheely's Barbecue. It's it's just on the outside of Lexington, and I think it's Batesburg or something. Really good. Okay. Tim, on when you when you started in on this deal with Traeger, was Billy was Billy one of the first guys that you contact uh, because you guys have already have a friendship and a mutual understanding of each other's fascination and admiration for barbecue cuisine? Um, it, was it a natural discussion, or were you and Billy already barbecuing a bunch way before your Traeger days? How did that timeline go? We were uh, definitely barbecuing, I think, before the Traeger days, but I had, you know, been on a Traeger grill, I'd, I want to say probably the last three years. And then through me posting stuff, talking to Billy about, you know, how easy it is to make a gourmet barbecue meal, you know, he became intrigued with the brand. And as you know, we did the Whisker Brothers good old barbecue song uh, for the Traeger folks. And man, great product, great team of people. And that's, that's how I met uh, Chad as well. So. Yeah, I think I think that's so cool when you have a common denominator that that can put people together like that. Like I would never know you probably. I might have met you if it wasn't for barbecue. You know, we might have ran into each other in Nashville someday, but you know, to have a chance to talk to you and Billy Gibbons together. Uh Mr. Billy, are you are you sold on the Traeger? as a go-to with a, with a guy that has, has probably cooked on a lot of different barbecue apparatuses. What do you like about the Traeger? Well, the automation uh, feature, which is kind of um, a more contemporary approach, they have figured out a motor drive wood pellet uh, uh, heat source. In fact, um, we can talk, I mean, we could talk for days of the uh, rather remarkable uh, uh, it, way that that invention came about. Um, uh, it's, th there's been several attempts to emulate uh, that style, but the Traeger system is probably one of the most complete. I got, I got turned on to it. When I were in the studio, we would take a break, and as everybody else went to a restaurant, we'd make a mad dash to the back uh, where Tim's uh, one of Tim's Traeger grills was set up. And what's really cool, Tim Tim showed me how it how it works. Um, it's actually able; you can actually uh, take a look at it through the iPhone. The settings can be monitored. Um, you can actually. Uh, set it into motion and not not have to worry about it too much it's uh the the automation feature is uh it's remarkable um and i'll come back to that in a second uh which gives me another uh when when uh when we'd hit the traeger grill uh we'd set it and we'd get into motion and then tim and i would take off back into the kitchen because we found ourselves uh, suddenly uh, offering up another element of surprise with another favorite endeavor, 
hot sauce. And uh, between <laughs> sessions, uh, we teamed up and, and paired our favorite recipe ingredients and cooked up what is now known by its rather curious name, Bees and Teas Whisker Bomb Pepper Sauce. And uh, Bees and Teas, that's B for Billy, Teas for T Tim, and uh, Whisker Bomb Pepper Sauce to be exact. And what's funny is uh, we both had uh, uh, the kind of just a shoestring background in, uh, in, in the culinary arts. We were kind of flying by the seat of our pants, making it up as we, we went along. And we decided to put it online. And uh, when the online sales kicked in with such an overwhelming demand, uh, <laughs> we were putting in late, late hours between gigs and between sessions to bottle it up and get it out the door, which, of course, led into another interesting twist. Um, we heard about a special habanero pepper growing up in the high desert uh, uh, down in Peru. And Tim and I, being longtime chili heads, we decided to venture way, way up into the alpine mountain growing fields uh, to explore what the fuss was all about. And here's what gets interesting. Uh, this particular varietal of habanero pepper was, was it was thriving in the extremely hot climate, uh, despite the high altitude down there. But the plants developed a sensationally radical heat index. Uh, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, uh, isn't the, the usual Scoville rating for the habanero ranging around like 300 Scoville units? Isn't that the normal one? Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the one, uh, the one that we use is way up there because it, it survives in such a dry climate and uh, it's got a more robust flavor to it. Yeah, and this is from so Peru? We, oh, sorry, Mr. Billy. We, we discovered this uh, one peculiar habanero uh, reaches, it can reach uh, 650,000 Scoville units, which is pretty dramatic, but it enriches the mash, which allowed us, uh, to use, uh, it allows us to use far fewer peppers, uh, which leaves them for our blend of a few secret spices. <laughs> but it makes for a real fiery flavor, which uh, gives gave rise to the expression in this uh, whisker bomb line. We had the uh, really flavorful, uh, spicy version called Whisker Original, but... Uh, with the introduction of this peculiar habanero, we came up with the second expression, which is have mercy hot. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Tim and I will agree, this one will definitely get one's attention, but it still presents a flavor that ramps up the power for just about any dish. Uh, you know, we'll, Tim and I will grab a bottle, race back to the uh, Traeger once the once the chime rings and uh, it makes for a great preparation. And then of course it's back to the studio. So <laughs> we like it. We know everybody will like it. Hey, Billy, do you think that as you leave South Carolina from what the mustard region and you head towards Memphis and come back West and into where you are, is there a hot sauce influence in barbecue that you, once you start to get back into the Memphis, Texas area, is that where your guys' fascination with hot sauce comes from? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
T for Texas, T for Tennessee. And there's a, uh, there's a love for that spicy edge uh, from both regions, uh, probably more so than the rest of the country. Um, um, Memphis has, um, well, they're, they're actually renowned for their slow-cooked pork and dry rubs. Of course, you probably heard about the famous uh, rendezvous in the downstairs alley off of Madison and Union. That's downtown Memphis. That is the spot. Yep. But, uh, uh, there's an there's another entry. Speaking of Memphis, uh, once you've had uh, once you've had your uh, fill of barbecue, you can head over to a place called Cozy Corner. Now they apply barbecuing techniques to Cornish game hens. What? <laughs> that really gets that really gets interesting. Um, but now speaking of the you know kind of the offshoots of barbecue as as most folks would know it. Um, our uh, our our studio engineer, the late Joe Hardy, who hailed from Owensboro, Kentucky, and we thought we knew it all. And uh, one afternoon. Uh, Tim and I were in the studio, and and uh, Joe came in, and we started talking about his background from Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, a Western Kentucky style barbecue, and they don't use pork, they don't use beef, they don't use chicken, they use mutton, which is uh, a barbecue made from sheep, and that's what you get around Owensboro. Uh, they tenderize it over and over, and then they serve it up with what they call their black dipping sauce. And uh, I actually drove up with Joe. Oh, gosh, this has been quite some time ago. But there was a joint called uh, the Moonlight Barbecue Inn. And uh, that was our experience with mutton. And it, it was good. It made, it made our, our top 10, top 20. There's probably top 100 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, um, in your travels or, you know, growing up out in the Western United States in the mountain country of Montana, did you always have a, a, a taste bud for hot sauce? I mean, did you put it on your eggs? Did you put it on your pizza? Did you put it on everything that you ate like some people did? Or were you more particular than that? Well, it started actually as I used to suck my finger, this one right here when I was like three or four. And my mom tried to get me to stop doing it. So she put hot sauce on there. She started with light hot sauce and I'd get used to it. So I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, this is really good. So then my mom would put hotter hot sauce on my finger until it got to the point where I was like addicted to hot sauce. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, she'd be, she'd be ordering it online, just stuff to try to get me to, and I stopped sucking my finger finally, but I left there with an addiction to spicy foods and Ever since then, man, it's just been a hot sauce on everything. And I've just been a hot sauce junkie my whole life since three or four or so. So if you have that much experience in hot sauce and Mr. Billy traveled the country in his music career and the world, how do you guys settle on these flavors of Whisker Bomb? Because we haven't even gotten into Texas barbecue yet. We've moved into Kentucky and Memphis. I want to get into Texas, but how in the heck can you guys, with all of the variations out there, and I'm asking this because... This sauce right here that I'm holding up 
is the best. This hot sauce right here, I could eat on anything. The flavor is amazing. This flavor is amazing, but it burns me a little bit. It, it surprises me. Um, how do how do two guys that are kind of hot sauce aficionados that have have been around the world? How do you stop and say that's the one? That's what we're going to put in the bottle. Uh, Tim had the Tim had the notion uh, early on. Tim, uh, maybe you want to reveal how we landed on. Uh, uh, well, we're we're juggling between uh, what we call the original and then the have mercy hot. But uh, Tim, if you'll take it away and uh, give a little background during that fateful session when uh, the rainstorm kicked off the power, which left us in the kitchen and we were uh, going back and forth. Yeah, we were, we were messing with smoke, smoke infused hot sauce and we were messing with all kinds of stuff and finally just arrived at, you know, the, that these these were the ones you know it's just undoubted i think the the proof is in the sauce and the you know the flavor of it was just something that we we tested out had a lot of people try it and uh just you know went with what we liked first you know but then with what you know all the people we tested it on liked as well yeah really? the uh, oh, the, the 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 coincidental dumb to have mercy sauce as i mentioned uh we were back in Nashville, and one of these, uh, I mean, uh, gully wires hit, and it knocked the power out. And here, Tim and I were, we were uh, fussing over a uh, pot load of mash. And uh, when the lights went out, things got dark, and we <laughs> we kind of got mixed up. We were looking for what to put in what bottle and what in the next. We took the raw, super hot. Uh, mash and uh, we started filling up the bottles not realizing that uh, we had drifted away from what we called the original and uh, the have mercy hot was born uh, we when the lights came back on we went out to the traeger grill and uh, pulled off the uh, pulled off the sides we had beef we had chicken i think we even had some sausage on there but uh Man, talk about a wake-up call. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, the, the Whisker Bomb original will please just about everybody. The Have Mercy Hot is for your real, uh, the, the aficionados that want to, they want to perk up and, and smile. Yeah, and if you can discipline yourself just to put a dab or a dot on something, the flavor is amazing. But where, what's your go-to, Billy? If you if you had if you open that grill lid, what's your favorite siding for the best barbecue that you personally cook? Is it a brisket? Is it pulled pork? Or what? What is your go-to personally? Well, we were in Boise, Idaho together. ZZ Top was uh, on one side of town. Uh, Tim Montana's outfit was on the other side of town, and with our coincidentally, we had a day off, and uh, we decided to get together. And uh, Traeger Grill had uh, driven in from Salt Lake City into Boise. There was quite a bit of interest. Show off uh, what they had uh, come up with, and we wound up going to a spot that served. Uh, well, they, they had a pork belly, this burnt, burnt in pork belly, it's just yeah. off the chart. But, uh, Tim, what was that other crazy thing that had a, a we did that? some, 
we did some Wagyu tomahawks that day. Chad Ward came up and our friend Anella, and uh, we did some incredible tomahawks. So we did a little reverse sear on them. Uh, you know, me and Billy like to show up to restaurants and bring a grill out back and <laughs> cook for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the tomahawk. I mean, here's your you got a uh, a bone like a hammer handle, and uh, you've got a you've got a, a slab of meat that uh, man. You, I tell you, it's it is a tomahawk. You could knock a cup. You could knock. You could knock. Hell, you can knock mules down with the damn thing. <laughs> uh, was this a Snake River Farms, Tim? Yeah. Yep. Their meat's on a uh, it's a pretty different level of meat when you start dealing with the Snake River Farms Wagyu, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very the marbling. It's, yeah, it's really good. Hey, Mr. Billy, with all of your time spent in Nashville, is there a place that you would send somebody there for good part? Would you recommend a good barbecue in Nashville, Tennessee? Oh, yeah. Conveniently located uh, down on 12th, uh, 12th Avenue, 12th Avenue South. And um, we go in there quite often uh, between sessions called Ace Barbecue. And uh, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, isn't that where we we were introduced to? Uh, they they have a, a white barbecue sauce, I believe, on uh, in addition to their, their uh, the more familiar. Uh, red flavored uh, looking sauce. They've got a, I think Edley's white sauce. Do they not? I believe Edley's does, but I think what you're referring to is the Martins, the Alabama white at Martins. That's another good one in Nashville. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Edley's and Martins. Edley's and Martins. So are they a go-to are they a go-to there for you or would you rather, do you like to be at a Jeff Ruby's or do you like to be at a Kane prime steakhouse in Nashville? Or is, or when you go there, is there one particular space that you search out? Uh, well, both Edley's and Martin's, uh, we, uh, Tim had his youngsters, uh, in tow. We had a couple hours to entertain the young ones. And, uh, we walked in and we saw about five familiar faces, uh, the late John Prine, who unfortunately just passed away, um, he was a regular in there. And uh, that was one of our go-to spots, hoping we'd run into John Prine. Uh, not only did uh, we share the enjoyment of Edley's Barbecue, but we, we enjoyed swapping stories. And we had to watch ourselves because, uh, you know, our, our hour lunch break would turn into a three-hour marathon (laughs) (laughs) studio time's not getting taken care of are you mr billy talk to me a little bit about texas barbecue now and how it differs from the other regions we've touched and we covered all of them pretty much but is there a california barbecue is there a is there a western united states barbecue flavor well if we start in texas now we've covered the east coast we've gone back to the midwest we've even gone up as far as as kentucky um let's come back to let's come back to a place they call the texas barbecue trail which leads from austin texas you can come up south from san Antonio or come up from austin into lockhart lockhart texas and i know that austin has a big reputation uh for barbecue just like houston or dallas and a couple of joints in the the capital city uh, reign supreme as you mentioned and i'm glad you you mentioned franklin's um we've gotten to know them pretty well and i must say 
if you if you're passing through Austin and you want to go to Franklin's, get there early because they sell out by by twelve o'clock noon. It's done, and you got to get in line by about nine nine thirty. And I'd say oh around eleven thirty. Um, one of the hired hands comes out and puts a stop to the line and says, that's it, folks. <laughs> but uh, there's another spot in Austin called Styles Switch. They're out, uh, they're way up north uh, off Lamar Styles Switch Barbecue. Um, now, here's a twist. Uh, speaking of this and the different kind of things you'll discover, we even discovered a place in San Antonio called Garcia's. And Garcia's was a was a Mexican taco stand, but uh, they have prepared with some. Uh, they've prepared a line of tacos with some ridiculously tender smoked brisket. I mean, hey, it is time for a jalapeno, <laughs> <laughs> or or but some. Oh. Getting back to learn. It's often been named one of the top barbecue spots in the state, and some people would brag maybe best in the country. Uh, I know that the city of Lockhart calls itself the barbecue capital of Texas. Um, between, well, the, there, there's on the same avenue, you'll find Kreitz Market or Smith's, or two blocks down from there is Black's. And they serve the most succulently, succulent, perfectly seasoned beef. I would say you can do no better. It's it's really it's tops. Have you um, when you talk about Franklin's? Is it all brisket, Billy, or is there? Are I, all I know about Franklin's is his brisket. Do they have a bunch of stuff on the menu, or do people just flock in there to get a taste of that brisket? Uh, they've got uh, a couple of uh, of sausage. They've even got even got a barbecued liverwurst, and uh, of course, you can't leave out uh, smoked chicken and smoked beef. So they they cover the the board. It's they got it all. They got it all. And have you ever happened by chance, e- either one of you, eating barbecue, Tim? Tim, you probably know this name better than I do. It's right outside of Stuttgart, Arkansas, in a little tiny community called Duvall's Bluff, right by your camp, kind of, where you stay with the Purdue's. And they have a place in there. Is it called Craig's Barbecue, Tim? Shoot, I don't think I've ever been. You got to try it. You got to go there on your next trip to Stuttgart. Duvall's Bluff, D-U-V-A-L-L apostrophe S, Bluff. And there's a little place in there called Craig's Barbecue. You can get it to go or you can buy the sauce. Tremendous. Okay. Yeah, I usually do all the cooking when I'm down there in Stuttgart or at least a couple nights I'll do barbecue for the guys. So, And get beat in wrestling matches. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did want to mention you. You brought something up that was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, California. Uh, so if you if you get get uh, happy with uh, your experience in Texas, and then you start moving west, you can go through New Mexico, go through Arizona, even uh, travel up to uh, Ottawa, and then the west. You know, I like to go until further. You end up at the beach, and uh, 
close to the little hacienda drive from my place two spots uh one called slab which is located right there on third uh close to farmer's market and another one called Edso's down on la brea and uh i must say uh for being that far west in the outlands of uh West Coast man, uh, both Bledsoe's and Slab will give give everybody a run for their money. Uh, it, it's 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 really something. So, if you only got to go to one more out of everyone we just talked about, is it Franklin's or is it the mustard? Is it the mustard region? Where where's the the fir- the last place you go to if you only got one more choice, Billy? Well, as I mentioned, we, we're sitting here uh, in Las Vegas waiting to get back to uh, our favorite spot. <laughs> but until until they open up the uh, the table, uh, we're going to stretch uh, stretch out and start uh, experimenting with uh, what might be found in in Las Vegas, and uh, that would be a real interesting uh, leaf to turn over because with as much uh, traffic as they've enjoyed in the past and hopefully in the not too distant future i feel certain there's going to be uh another uh another spot to add to our list in las vegas huh i like it are you are you in las vegas for a residency is that what are you guys getting ready for a residency we were i was in spain i went over to play with uh, mick fleetwood who had organized a, a special concert as a tribute to the early days of Fleetwood Mac, and uh, particularly uh, highlighting the great work of the founding, the founding leader, the guitar player for the early Fleetwood Mac was Peter Green, and uh, what a night that turned out to be! Uh, the it was at the London Palladium. The place was packed, and uh, so many great performers. David Gilmore came out. Uh, Bill Wyman, the uh, the the original bass player for the Rolling Stones weighed in. Uh, John uh, Johnny Lang uh, showed up. Uh, Kirk Hammett from Metallica uh, came into play. He now owns Peter Green's guitar, so uh, he showed up, and, and uh, it, it just became a that. Uh, and since I was overseas, I decided to go over to Spain, which Gilligan and I like to go over to visit her uh, her cousin Kit, and then I've got uh, Nacho Baños, our, our dear friend over in Valencia, Spain. And we were having such a good time, uh, we were tempted to kind of hang around, but uh, we had a booking here in Las Vegas uh, to resume our residency at the Venetian. So we had to hop aboard the plane and and leave Spain behind. And as luck would have it, we, we were uh, not prepared for this. Uh, the the uh, pandemic discussion hadn't even hit the airwaves. But we tur- it turned out we, we lucked out and got on the last flight before the curtain dropped and shut everything down. But uh, once we arrived back in Las Vegas, things were getting a little sticky. And uh, at the present time, that that residency has has been temporarily postponed like everything like everything tim what's your favorite part about a zz top concert i'm sure you've seen a ton of them huh man uh 
I think I've seen 28 ZZ Top concerts. <laughs> wow. That's I'm not, I'm not keeping track. I'm not counting. I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I just, every night I'm like a student next to the stage looking at Billy, Dusty, and Frank. And I'm just like, you know, these guys define a big part of my childhood and getting to work with these guys and become friends with them. And I'm constantly learning from everything from the, set up in the clothes of the guitars to you know it's, it's a, they put on the big show it says uh, no business like show business and zz tops uh about the best at it so you kind of seen that from the that big tour they put that texas giant texas tour they put together in the documentary mr billy if you don't mind i don't know if you'll talk on it but what what turns you on about a tim montana his music him as a him as a person and i know i know what a kind of guy he is but how did you guys hit it off so well uh, Tim impressed me early on. Uh, our friendship started uh, um, rather coincidentally. Uh, ZZ Top was traveling out of Chattanooga down toward South Carolina, and we had a two-day in Nashville. And a friend of mine uh, called me up and uh, invited me to weigh in with uh, this uh, upcoming group, Tim Montana and the Shreds. And I said, gee whiz, with a name like that, count me in <laughs> and uh i went into the studio and um, we were kind of uh, uh scratching our head pencil over the and uh, uh tim was kept uh, uh humming a song i said well that's an interesting melody what you got and he said oh it's kind of corny we uh decided to uh, five minutes we had the uh song uh skeletonized and uh, I said, Tim, uh, it's up to you. Take the fellas in and uh, make some music. So actually I left the building for about 30 minutes, came back uh, within the hour. They had, uh, they had put together a rock song, uh, which turned out to be a rockin' big song called This Came Here to Party, which if you remember, the Boston Red Sox were trying to win the World Series, and this was something that had escaped for many, many years. In fact, the uh, the players all to uh, not shave until they won the pennant, and uh, they were looking for a theme song, and somebody stumbled onto uh, uh, Tim's uh, song we had written called This Beard Came Here to Party, which became their theme song, and lo and behold, they sure enough, they won the pennant. And uh, I credit Tim's, uh, uh, Tim's remarkable sense of vision. Uh, he can see over the horizon for things that uh, uh, the coming of what's happening. And that really started us off uh, in the right direction. We've, uh, we've been turning over stones ever since. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, but Tim, he's, following and um, you know with this unusual turn of events everybody's uh, been very curious uh, how how we're going to uh, maintain uh, our interaction uh, with our fans and uh, th things have taken such a drastic turn over the recent couple of months we uh, have been designing some drastic ways of our own to reach uh, our friends and fans of what we do. Um, 
uh, in addition to keeping the studio scene engaged for writing new songs and new material, getting this about ways to gather. Perhaps it might be uh, an open-air engagement. And uh, uh, at the same time, we're looking how to keep the settings intimate to keep the vibe alive. Totally. I totally understand where you're coming from. And are you in the same boat right now, Tim? Is I see how innovative you're getting with your new Wednesday night, your Wednesday nights, you're getting ready to do some uh, new, new things on social, right? Yeah. We started this old boy in the garage, um, having guest callers call in, I'll play a few songs, you know, but keeping your fans engaged, is like different than a concert. I feel like you can't just, sit there and play for 45 minutes on a guitar or two hours on a guitar anymore. So we switched it up with people calling in, talking about stuff. Uh, then I'll switch and play a song. And then my wife, Danielle will pan over to a new scene and my wife will show you guys how to make a cocktail and just trying to stay as interactive in this digital age, you know, that we're kind of stuck in. Um, so yeah, just kind of learning to adapt and roll with the punches and hoping we get through this sooner and later and can get back on the road. And so where yeah. does, oh, sorry, Mr. Billy, go ahead. Well, Tim and I, we were trying to dream up what would be, what would be a new favorite gig? Um, uh, Tim and I have, uh, uh, on many separate occasions, we've enjoyed playing from uh, arenas down to, uh, uh, you know, our favorite, the little, little intimate club where you can really get down to it. But uh, that that new favorite is the new challenge to unravel. Uh, we we were having a um, we even thought about uh, dusting off a, a it's been done, but we were thinking about dusting off a a uh, cross country railroad train station stop. <laughs> and what brought this to the forefront? We've got a pal who owns not only a Pullman car, but he's got a flatbed car. And the Pullman car has a, a folding side which can uh, uh, reveal if we were to pull into the station, uh, we could let the side fold down. Uh, we could then st- strike up the band and start to grind. And, you know, if the weather holds out, uh, we can light the fuse, crank it up, and let it rip. And, of course, there's plenty of room for plenty of folks entering around the platform. Everybody could spread out, and uh, it would make for an outdoor invitation bash for the fans to enjoy a, uh, a round with a rockin' sockin', call it a screamin' scorcher. Uh, and then we, we liked the idea of holding maybe the after bash. We'd leave the, the Pullman car, we'd go to the flatbed, which would be full of Traeger grills, and uh, that would include a, a smoking cookout. Uh, we'd, we'd, uh, that'd be the way to move on into the night for a blast-o-rama. <laughs> Man, I think, I, I think I, it kind of reminds me of listening to a, a Jerry Jeff Walker song back in the day about the railroad, but I would, I would think that that would be a huge hit across the country. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, I had some friends that... Uh, that uh, actually it's been done, uh, which uh, now that the road opened, the uh, 
the uh, the railroad lines are are just are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's next on the agenda for this stuff right here? Is is Whisker Bomb going to extend their product line? Is it going to get into more marinades and more barbecue sauces? Or are we going to stick with the two right now? Or is there any uh, secrets or any maybe potential plans that are being discussed that you guys can give us some hope for? Well, the sky's the limit. Uh, Tim, uh, you just got the uh, latest update from um, uh when both bottles, Whisker Bomb Original and the Whisker Bomb Have Mercy Hot, uh, are soon to hit the uh, shelves. I believe we're going to start off uh, in Texas. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, in June at select HEB stores across the state of Texas. Uh, you'll be able to purchase both of our products. Um, and that's going to be out starting in June. You can still order online at whiskerbomb.com, but for all our Texas friends, Hit up HEB in June and uh, bring home some goodness. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I don't know what to say other than I'm a big fan of both sauces. The flavor profile is amazing. I'm not just saying that because I know you, Tim. You guys have absolutely brought hot sauce, in my opinion, to a new level of flavor. I love it on a lot of different things. And I, I've always been a kind of guy that I like to cook for flavor and I like to get the real essence of a food. And I, I've never really covered a lot of good food up with hot sauce, but with this, with this original and the, and the have mercy, you, you keep a good flavor in your food and that just a well thought out flavor. The recipe is awesome. So congratulations to you guys. And I hope that everybody in the country gets to experience whisker bomb as soon as possible. You got it. You got it. Well, this has been uh, pretty eye-opening. We uh, zeroed in on uh, a couple of our uh, all-time favorites. We hit, uh, well, we hit barbecue, hit hot sauce, a little Mexican food thrown in, uh, some good sounds, good tunes. <laughs> I, I think that's a way to, to uh, wrap up a, a good start on a great day. Hey, Mr. Billy, I couldn't agree more. Congratulations on such an instrumental career that you've been so prolific and instrumental in people's lives, musicians. And, you know, you don't need to hear it from a kid in Nevada, but ZZ Top was a huge part of my childhood. And now I'm in my 40s and I still rock it daily. So I'm a big fan. I'm humbled to have you here. And uh, Tim, if you can hear me, I appreciate you making the introduction, and I hope that we can do it again, and I hope to see you guys in person real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Chad. Yeah, Chad. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Rich as hell without soul Life on earth won't last too long So what you gonna do when the money's all gone